can start turning in your Bible to Luke chapter 2. If you don't typically follow along with me in your Bible, today I want it to be different today. I encourage you to. So if you didn't bring your Bible, uh, you can use your smartphone for the smartest thing to do during church, and that is to re open it to your Bible and to take notes. Anything else is not so smart. So anyway, um, that's just a preacher talking. Okay. And um, so um, I'm going to be in the New Living Translation today. And if you'll walk with me through it, part of my hope in reading this story today is I want you to see how you can read your word and I want God to speak life uh, to you specifically. So um, if you don't have either of those, um, you could still look at the big uh, uh, Bible on the screen and that will work as well. But if you're at home online um, or in person and you can open your Bible, I encourage you today, go to Luke chapter 2 and then get your notebook open. You're going to have to do a lot of swipe up, change apps, write it down, swipe up, change apps, read it. Okay, it's going to be good. If you're with me with that, say, I can do it. All right, cool. Say amen. <laughs> Let it be done. All right. Um, hey, last week we started this new series called Did You See It? The premise of this is I believe God's moving and God wants to move in our lives individually, personally, intimately, with fine details, and it's up to us to discern it. And when I see the nativity set, um, it's really a peculiar gang that ends up at the nativity, is it not? It's three wise men, and uh, for, to use relevant terms, these men are loaded. They got deep pockets. Uh, they come from royalty. They come from high esteem, and they come from far away. And then the shepherds show up, and um, uh, to use modern terms, these are not well-off guys. These are just common Joes, and um, they, they come stinking out of the uh, uh, open pastures around sheep and sheep dung, and uh, they probably didn't smell the greatest. And then there's a newlywed couple who haven't even consummated the marriage yet. And if you were to ask one of us, hey, let's make up a savior. We're going to call him Jesus. You write the story. Would you honestly bring these pieces to the table? In a manger. Like, it's too radical to fathom, and that's one of the things that even validates its truth, that God has a way of doing things in a way that seems like there is no way. Like, we wouldn't write it that way. And sometimes in life, you're going to find that this is not how it should go. If I were God, I would do it differently. How's God going to pull anything out of this situation? And I'm here to encourage you today, though it is not the way you and I would write it, he's still having Jesus show up at the end of the story. Can I get an amen? Anybody excited already? I'm pumped. I'm pumped about this series. And last week, we had Pastor Andy here from Indiana, and I just want to tell you how honored my wife and I feel to be your pastors. Um, you guys hosted that couple so well. I was, they, 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 um, I was driving them back to BWI after the experience last week, and uh, Pastor Andy said, I just got to tell you, we are going home inspired, full, and this has been the most inspiring and applicable trip we have been on all pre-launch. Like, there's going to be thumbprints of Lift Church all over Westfield, Indiana, and I can't wait to go home and put in play. And that's because you guys loved on them well, responded well to the message. Come on, loved on them in the hallways. Our staff extended themselves. The dream team was amazing. Come on, y'all give it up for this church. Come on, that means you, the people next to you. Can we make it louder for our dream team? It was amazing, inspiring. I'm so grateful to be a part of this church and 
Let me tell you, when you honor our guests well, you honor me well. And I was honored to be in that car talking to them and him saying, this is an on fire, full of faith church, and I am pumped to have uh, to, to lead something similar to this in Indiana. So he started out the series helping get the Magi or the three wise men to the nativity set, okay? Imagine you're taking out your nativity set because it's Christmas time and you've got to assemble the characters, all right? The star, which many people missed. Can we not agree that the star was in the same sky anybody else could have saw? And yet only really three people responded to that star, and they saw Jesus show up. I want you to be one of the three. I want you to, to see it as well, to discern it and to move. And then we're going to assemble the second uh, 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 crowd that comes to the nativity set in this message today. But before I do, I want to open with a story. A member of our church, her name is Mary, gave me permission to share her story um, she's an older lady of our church, and she hasn't been here the last two weeks, and that's because about three weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago, um, she sent me a text message. Um, uh, can I just say, side note, I love it when people uh, north of 80 are texting. Come on. More power to you. I'm like, I'm like come on. They, she, she's texting me, and she texts me, and she says this. She says, Pastor, please pray for me. I'm headed to the emergency room with chest pain. And so I start praying immediately, and can we just stop and thank and recognize our medical workers real quick? Come on. They have been doing such an incredible job, especially in the midst of a, of a season this last two years where it wasn't safe to have more people in, and, and, and people have different opinions of it, but they operated in the middle of that, and they did such a fantastic job. I am grateful that they're now allowing, uh, I think it was one visitor, and uh, I'll use my pastor credentials like, hey, I'm coming in. I feel like FBI showing up at the hospital like, bam, I'm a pastor, I'm coming in. This is the only time I get the power trip. I'm coming in. And they're like, come on in. And so I went to go visit her, and I, I told her, I said, I'm coming. And um, her family, her daughter did such a great job getting her to the emergency room. And when I talked to her, she, she was a little bit... A little bit anxious, but you couldn't tell it. Like, Mary's cool. She's just calm. And she's like, Pastor Drew, I'm really nervous. My mother died of uh, heart complications, and I'm really nervous about anything happening to my heart. And we, we began to talk about Jesus. We began to pray and talk about scriptures. And she began to settle down, and she began. She, I asked her after we prayed. I felt like heaven showed up and moved in that hospital room. And I told her, I said, if you had a heart attack, you are as normal of a Mary as I have seen. So I, I'm believing good things. Well, she's, she thought so too. The next day she calls me up, and this time she said, Pastor Drew, I'm really nervous now because I went to the cardiologist as a follow-up, and uh, they said that I have a 100% blockage in one of my arteries, and I have a 70% blockage in the other three of the four. And that I need to go to the hospital right away. They have a room set aside for me so I can be monitored. And this is not sounding good and I'm panicking. I thought, and, and they said I had a mild heart attack. Well, I immediately was like, come on, come on. Okay, we can do this. And we prayed and calmed her down. I told her to respond to that and she went. And then we talked the next day. And as I met with her, um, we, we met and, and we talked about Jesus more. But after the surgery, we got talking. I said, Mary, can I share with you something I feel like I'm discerning? Um, isn't this just like our God? 
that you had something wrong with you on the inside of you, something major that could have had incredibly worse results. And God revealed it to you in the gentlest of ways possible for you to pay attention to it. Like, in other words, um, you didn't know anything was wrong. She wasn't acting like anything was wrong. She didn't feel like anything was wrong. And yet, I said, did you have a heart attack? She said, my cardiologist said I had the mildest, one of the mildest heart attacks you can have. But it was enough to catch her attention. And so she got all of those fixed. She was in recovery. She's recovering so fast, she beat them out of the hospital. Come on, their estimations. She's back home. She's live streaming with us right now. Thank you, Mary, for letting me share the goodness of God. What I'm trying to say is underneath something was going wrong, and yet it became the evidence of the goodness of God. God's handprints are all over our lives. They're all over our world today. And many a times we just dismiss it. Oh, it's a brighter star. What's for dinner? <laughs> I feel like angels in heaven just showed up. What's for lunch? <laughs> it's always food, right? <laughs> Listen, here's, here's a scripture I want to set as a premise for everything I share the rest of the day. Romans 8, 28, we know that in all things, say all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Today, I want to bring that second piece of the nativity to the nativity set while thinking about this premise. And let me restate it as the most important question of the day. And you need to get this question. It's going to hit you uh, early on in the message because getting this question right is the difference between frailty and security. It's the difference between fear and hope. It's the difference between um, indifference and passionate adoration. As you approach Jesus and this Christmas season, here's the question. Are you ready for it? Write this down. Do you believe God is up to something good? Do you believe God is up to something good? Oh, it might not look good today. It might not have looked good yesterday. But still you maintain that someday God will reveal that every day he is working to pave a way for all things to work for our good. Come on, do you maintain a confident hope? No matter what life throws at you, God is up to something good. This is week two. I call this sermon, Did You See the Angel? And I'm finally getting to Luke chapter two that you've been holding open so patiently for so long. Let's pray. God, we open our hearts for you to move. We open our ears to your word that never returns void. Holy Spirit, we open our hearts to hear how you want to change us. In Jesus' name, we come to honor you. Amen. Now remember, Pastor Andy did a great job of sharing the historical fact that at the end of the Old Testament is the book of Malachi, and there has been 400 years of silence until we get to the first book of the New Testament, Matthew. So that's 400 years of believing the prophecy that God's going to do something good, but after 
four seconds we lose attention, do, do we not, right? Come on. If you get out your phone and you text somebody and it's a good text and then the next thing you know you see three ellipses, three little dots cooking up and you're like, oh, come on, something's good's coming. After about four seconds you start going, come on now, <laughs> when's it coming? Like we lose patience after four seconds. Can you imagine 400 years of a heavenly ellipses? How long is it going to take to cook this text up? <laughs> when is the promise coming? <laughs> How long am I going to see the three dots just dancing on the screen? This is probably how the Magi felt. This is probably how the shepherds felt. And this lends us to, to, be, to become a passive type faith person. One of those people who might say, oh, I believe God's going to do it. I don't believe it's going to be today. Or I believe God is good, he just hasn't done it in my life. Or I believe he did it yesterday, but I'm not expecting anything new. Or I believe he does it in the person sitting next to me, but I have not been thinking he's going to do it again today. It lends towards a passive faith. Do you believe, even if it's 400 years of heavenly silence, that God is working all things together for your good? Luke chapter 2 is a familiar text. I'm going to pick up in verse 8. Please try to read it with fresh eyes. This is one of the reasons I want you reading out of your own Bible. And try not to hear the cliche reading of it. Try to engage in it as we read that it says that that same night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, right next door in a field, guarding their flocks of sheep. In other words, these shepherds were having business as usual. Nothing uncommon. It's... It's another case of the Mondays. Come on, it's just, it's just, it's the same old, same old. Expectancy is at an all-time low. Just in the daily grind, suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them. And the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them and said, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I bring you Good news that's going to bring great joy to everyone. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, the long-anticipated one, the long-longed-for one, the prayed-for one has been born today in Bethlehem, right next door to your location. Pull it up on your GPS. You're in five minutes walking distance, okay? <laughs> you... You, you, and you, point, point at yourself and say, you too. The angel said to the shepherds, and you, and I'm telling you today, this extends to you too. You will recognize him by a few signs. And then listen how detailed he gets. He gets into the fine details like Pastor Andy said last week if you caught that message. He says, you're going to find a baby lying uh, uh, in swaddling clothes. You'll find a baby wrapped snug, snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Oh, God, that we would have eyes to see and ears to hear the same way so we can see Jesus show up in our lives. And he said, suddenly, the angel didn't disappear, but was joined by a heavenly host of angels, an army of angels, and they were all praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Is there anybody in here 
who says, I could use a bit more peace. Is there anybody in here who say, Pastor, I'll take a second helping, a double dose, a double portion of peace. Do you know anybody who could use peace on earth? Let me see your hand. I think this message is relevant today. I think we can't just miss it because it's a common story we read all the time. We want to see Jesus show up in our day too. And he's willing for those who see it. For those who are perceiving it. And so remember our premise this morning. Do you believe God is up to something good? And if I do, then I know that God just said that he is offering peace on earth. Here's his offer. Peace on earth. To those who keep their faith in him, those who please him, those who walk in step with him, those who are sons and daughters of his family, he is offering you peace. I want to get that today. I want you to get that today. I want your friends to get that today. I want your co-workers to get that today. I want your family to get that today. I want your crazy uncle to get that today. I want everyone in your world. I want our city to find that kind of peace. So how do I get in on that peace? Here's four ways to get in on that peace. If you want to get in on that peace, it was peace on earth, but it came with a condition to whom God is pleased. The rest of the gospel tells us how we can live in alignment with him, how we can live in right standing with him, how we can be righteous as well. Four ways to get in on that peace is going to come right after Luke chapter 2. If you're ready for it, say, Pastor, I'm ready. Say, Pastor, throw down. Because I will anyway. I love it. Thank you. Thank you for shouting me down. Verse 9. Repeating it. Suddenly, an angel appeared among them. And the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. Number one, we've got to perceive it. If you want to see Jesus show up in your life. If you want to get in on that peace. If you want to leave, lead a loved one in on that peace. Your first step is you've got to perceive it. As I said, how many people, how many thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people had access to the same star in the sky and went, that's different. Did you get me that TPS report? Did, 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 you, did you get that project done? Did, did you get the kids to soccer practice on time? Did you, you come on, we, we, we so often don't wonder enough our god is an awesome god let's break that down full of awe <laughs> he's not awe some of the time he's awe full of the time so he's awful okay anyway i'm sorry it's a bad joke it was a spot of the moment kind of thing <laughs> he's full of awe and we too need to be in wonder and perceive that from time to time when was the last time you were awestruck by god when was the last time he nudged you? When was the last time you were reading and you went, something seems like it's there. Now, you can do one of two things when you feel like something feels like it's going on. You can lean into it or you can go, ain't nobody got time for that. I'm at my next appointment. We have to perceive it. What if the shepherds didn't perceive it? Now, let me be clear. Sometimes it's profound, and sometimes it's without a sound. In other words, if you're the shepherds and you miss the angels, bro, we 
need to have a psychiatric exam. We need, to, we need to check some things. Because if hosts of angels show up, sing to you, and tell you that right next door, the Savior's born, it's kind of like, can I make it any more clear for you? Sometimes it's angelically profound. Sometimes it comes without a sound. It's one of those, like Elijah, it's like in a whisper. I feel like something's moving. I feel like God's trying to get my attention, and I can't really get my hands on it. What you do next decides if you're going to perceive it and go, oh, well, and move on, or if you're going to go, God, I'm interested. I like what Samuel was told to do by Eli. It might have been the only thing Eli got right in the book of Samuel. And he told Samuel, go back and tell God, speak, Lord, for I am listening. God, I'm exploring. I'm perceiving. I don't even know if what I'm exploring is right or not, but this much is true. God, you got my attention. Is Some people perceive it means to hear it, see it, or feel it. It's intangible. So for some, it feels too spiritual or spooky. And, and, and many will write it off saying, isn't that for others? Isn't that for people who lived in biblical times? And that won't apply to me today. Or isn't that for pastors? Or isn't that for the person sitting next to me who's really close to God, who senses God a lot? But I don't really think it's for me. I'm nothing special. You know what I love about the second people he assembled to the nativity? Shepherds were nothing special. They're common. In their socioeconomic class, they were more on the outcast scale. They were on the what skills do you have? You don't really have any, so why don't you go watch sheep? Guess which side of the class scale the magi were on, the wise ones. They were on the top of the scale. In other words, as one commentator put it, God showed he respected all people, say all people, by revealing Jesus to the shepherds and to the wise men. One was poor, the other was rich. One was learned, the other was unlearned. One was Jew, the other was Gentile. One was nearby in a nearby uh, pasture, and one was way far off and had to take a long journey. In other words, whether you're far or close, whether you're black or white, whether you're rich or poor, whether you live on the west side or the east side, it doesn't matter Jesus showed up for you too. He didn't say assemble the haughty toddy. And he didn't say ignore the haughty toddy. He didn't because oh, all inclusive. This means you can perceive it too. These shepherds were not celebrities, but social nobodies. I came here to say you are eligible too. God can speak to you too. He can convict you too. He can equip you too. He can invite you too. And by the way, he's doing that actively. So quit thinking God doesn't want to connect with you because he wants to connect with you too. How do I perceive it, Pastor Drew? Make it practical. All right, I'll make it practical. Write this down. Pay attention to the godly nudge. Pay attention to the godly nudge. How? When you're reading your Bible, if something pops off the, uh, the text at you or if something is sticking to your spirit, then instead of going, that's interesting, 
got to go. i got to fill up because my gas tank's empty and I don't want to be late. Maybe you have to, but can you meditate on it? Could you put a reminder in your phone that there was something about that word? I need to come back to it. That's called meditating. It is a biblical practice that is warranted by God that we should not just be going, okay, read what I was supposed to read, put a check, move on with my life. No, are you paying attention to the nudge? What's up with that phrase? I read that phrase two days ago. Could they be related? Is God trying to show me something? What is God speaking? This is applicable to where I am today. Well, guess what? You're paying attention. You're perceiving the nudge when you see it. What about when you pray? Are you hearing voices? And every Christian's like, no, I'm not hearing voices. <laughs> it sounds odd to say that. Let's all get real. We all hear voices in our head. Some of them are the voice of God, some of them are the voice of yourself, and some of them are the voice of Satan. And as he said last week, are you discerning which voices are his? You start praying and all of a sudden something resonates. Something's catching. And I can't move on from this. Do you move on or do you, do you perceive it? Come on. In life, if you're just driving around and you might actually say, is anything giving you the sense that there is more going on around you than meets the eye? I was driving the other day, and God does this to me often. Drop the name on my spirit. So I, I, I hey, Siri, text so-and-so. And I texted him, God just put you on my mind. Is there anything I can pray about sp specifically for you? And this is what the, bros, the guy said. He said, bro, two out of two times in the last three months, when you text me, something's going down, and it's the perfect timing. Last time I needed you to pray for me because of health things. This time I needed you. I was just talking to a Christian principal about my pastor, and your name was just on my lips, and then you text me. You go, wow, that's coincidence, or maybe I'm just trying to get my perception, my sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. You can do it too. The next time the name drops, do you ignore it? Or do you go, I wonder how they're doing. I'll tackle that later. No, you won't. You'll forget about them. Or you can send them a text. Hey, you're on my mind. I'm praying for you. Let me know if I could pray for anything specific. Maybe God will give peace to you when I'm like, my spiritual radar's working, because two out of two. That gave peace to me, how many of you know? And it gave peace to him too, because he's like, when I need it, God puts me on your mind. Peace to all men. It starts with perceiving. Number two, I got to speed up. Verse 16. No, verse 15. It says, when the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, wow, that was crazy. What, what did you put in the beans tonight for dinner? No, it actually says the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's go see this thing that has happened. In other words, number two, we got to trust it. I, I, I've touched on this a little bit, but it's no good to just perceive it and move on if you're not going to trust it. Trust it enough to lean into it. Maybe you don't know if that was the voice of Satan or the voice of yourself. Guess what? If you test it, you're going to lean into your faith. And even if it wasn't the voice of God, you're going to come out closer to God than you were before because now you're exploring your faith. You're activating your faith. What I'm saying is you start going, what's that God? What if it was God? If I'm a magi and I go, what's up with that star? What if there's something behind it? 
Let's put some money on the line. Let's put some time on the line. Let's put our ego on the line. Let's put our job on the line. Let's put our status on the line, and let's go chase it after. What's the worst that could happen? That God says, I saw your faith, and the Bible says faith is always pleasing to him. Like, if they didn't go, they don't see Jesus show up. And I fear if we don't respond, we'll miss out on seeing the fullness of God too. We'll miss out on testimonies of seeing Jesus show up because we just weren't willing to trust it enough to explore it. There's a term one of my mentors uses. He says, I don't know if this was God or gas, but I'm going to lean into this moment and share with you what I thought. It's always so comforting when he says that. But I think we can relate to that because sometimes you're like, the shepherds had to go, what was in those beans, man? Was we, was we seeing something? Did you see it too, Bob? I'm sure the shepherd's names are Bob. I get to make it up because they don't give us their names, right? <laughs> what did you see, bro? And they said, let's go after it. I don't know if that was God or gas. So, you know, so many people ignore God's nudges because they just, they call it gas. Or can I step on your toes long enough to say that's lazy faith? Where we say, I don't know if God can do it like that anymore. Even though God said, my sheep will know my voice. Even though God says, I want you to have ears to hear and eyes to see. Come on. My wife and I work out like five days a week now, and we have a virtual coach on our TV. It's all pre-recorded. And one of the things he tries to do is he, he says that each of us have muscles that are incredibly strong. The problem is if you have a sedentary job and you're sitting at an office chair all day long, those muscles, they, they, when they don't get used, they atrophy. And they're not as strong as they could be. But if you will activate them, and if you will wake them up, they become incredibly powerful. I'm here to tell you that's what needs to happen to our faith. That when that moment comes, and I'm perceiving something's going on, if you call it gas and you walk away, the faith muscle atrophies a little bit. But if you go, come on, that might have been God. I'm going to lean into it a little bit. I, worst that could happen is I activate my faith, which becomes incredibly strong in a person's life. Come on, tell your neighbor, activate your faith today. Trust it enough to activate your faith. Number three. Verse uh, 16 said, they found Mary and Joseph, and there was a baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, say, after seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened. Number three, be transformed by it. Perceive God's doing something. Trust it enough to test it out. And when you see Jesus show up, be transformed about it. Come on, I looked it up. We've seen over 260 people make a decision for Jesus Christ this year. And here's my prayer. My, my, come on, that's awesome. That's awesome, and that's worth some applause. Here's my prayer for each and every one of them. You come to church one way, but don't leave the house another way. When you have met with Jesus, when you see him show up, when he forgives you of your sins, when he gives you a fresh start, when he says you can start over again, come on, be transformed by it. Don't add his theology on top of what you already got going on. Leave the old behind and say, this is worth pursuing. It transformed them the moment they saw. How many in this place have seen Jesus show up? 
Come on. I love that when I have seen Jesus show up in people's lives and in my lives, it gives me the witness that I can never doubt God again. I have been serving Jesus almost 20 years. I've been following him. I gave my life to the Lord in 2002, and we're coming around on 20 years. And I would be a liar if I stood up to you, even as a pastor, and say, I didn't go through seasons of doubt. Where I thought, God, what are you doing? I wouldn't have done it this way. Are you even real? And then I come back to, I've seen Jesus show up. And it robbed me of ever having the excuse that he isn't real. He is real. And so I know that he is good all the time. And he is working all things together for my good. Though I don't understand what you're doing right now. And I don't particularly like the season I'm in. But I know I've seen Jesus show up. And even as John the Baptist said, are you for real? And Jesus said, go back and tell him all. Look around and see all the things Jesus is doing and let it transform you to a new person. This is the best part of the story because this is the point where we know he's working all things for my good. We're reminded of it. If I'm shepherds after a 400 years of silence, I start saying, my God won't sleep or slumber. Come on. He has not forgotten me. He's still in the saving business. He's still hovering over the face of the earth. He's the God who sees even me. And I will not fear. My confidence is going higher than ever before. My trust is hitting peak levels because I perceived it. I saw Jesus show up and he's transforming me this is why you got to be involved in small groups and start hearing the testimonies of what God's doing in your life this is why you got to be a part of a church that's sharing testimonies with you that God's on the move and he is still working all things for the good of those who love him come on church celebrate the Lord right now I got to finish verse 17 as the band joins me verse 17 says the shepherds told everyone what happened skip to verse 18 all who heard the shepherd's story, say all, were astonished. Everyone heard it. Number four, you got to tell it. You got to go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. He has showed up in my life. He is ready to show up in your life too. He is real. He hasn't forsaken you. He is for you. And he's offering peace. To all people in whom God is pleased. Oh, give them a shot today. Come on. The shepherds, the shepherds didn't just go. That was pretty awesome. Let's go back the same way. They told everyone they ran into, did you hear what happened to me earlier today in the city of David? Did you catch it? Did I share it with you? You probably heard that too. Okay, you in the back. Did you hear what happened today? Jesus showed up in my Come on. We thought it wasn't coming. It was the real one. These angels showed up. There was like angels everywhere. They were singing. It wasn't angels in diapers and pretty little wings. It was real deal. It was scary. I was terrified. He reassured me. And he said, Jesus wants to meet with you. He wants to meet with you too. He's here for you too. There's hope. Hope has a name. His name is Jesus. And I can't keep this to myself. If God's touched you, God's blessed you, would you say, God's blessed me? Would you just say, that's me? 
Pastor, God has blessed you. If God's been good to you, would you raise your hand and say, God's been good to me. If I'm the shepherd, I would say this. Why me? I'm nothing special. Why did he choose me? The Bible says you have been called. You have been chosen. The next question I got is, why me? Why did he bless me? Can I tell you why? Write this down. We are blessed to be a blessing. We are blessed to be a blessing. When God shows up and blesses you with more than you ever had before, more peace, more trust, more confidence, more security, more revelation of your place in God's opinion, when he shows up with the more, this is what the more is for, to tell all the world about the good news of the gospel that can save all men. This is what the more is for, y'all. It's not for shut lips. It's not for personal excitement. It's got to be go. Tell it on the mountain. As far as you can. Get up on the mountaintop and say, Jesus is Lord. He's born today. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 8 says this. The most generous God is more than extravagant with you. Come on, he's been good to my wife and I and our family. He gives you something that you can then give away, which grows into full-formed lives. You've got to share that testimony. You've got to tell it on the mountain as far as it can go.